house tomorrow, I'm going to spend the next hour trying to get you to grunt and nod about games you can't talk about. <laughs> it's, like, it's like four stars. All right, great. Great. Yeah. South Park, uh, four stars. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone go buy it if you're a fan of the genre. <laughs> you can't talk about South Park, right? You're not allowed to. I can't even I can't even talk about South Park until Tuesday apparently. Mm. They're they're saving that one for a launch day embargo, which seems ill-conceived, but I whatever. sure I sure saw uh let's call them unnamed uh games writers uh doing their best to skirt around wanting to talk about that game if you follow certain games writers that might be playing that game though. Yeah. Yeah, there is definitely no shortage of people trying to find ways to talk about South Park, which I don't blame them. There are things in South Park that are very tempting to want to talk about, but I'm I So the I'm the very not. least at the very least uh you can at least say there's going to be a lot to talk about with that game when it comes out one way or the other. Oh yes, there are going to be some words about that game for a variety of different reasons. Uh it's really something else and I'll leave it at that. Oh. Well. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it's coming out. Uh, I'm, you know, we've talked, uh, you know, about that game being a sort of weird, well, it's going to be a thing, and I'm just glad it's a thing, and, you know, given all that THQ business that was so ugly uh, and so weird, I'm just glad, hey, next Tuesday, for better or worse, people are going to be able to play that game, and uh, it is one of those that... I have to play regardless. It's one, it's just one of those games. And sometimes some of those games come along and you just you have to know and you have to know yourself. I thought Thief was going to be one of those and now I've successfully made it through a week without trying Thief and I don't think I need to try Thief. <laughs> join the conversation, Patrick. Come on, join the conversation. Uh, I can I might try it at some point, but I've just got other things. I got other things on my plate. Did you did you play anything else this week or are you all embargoed up? Uh, let's see, what did I actually play this week? I'm embargoed up on stuff that I saw yesterday at an event. Um, I embargoed on South Park, so I can't talk about that. I have yep. played some more Rambo, but I don't think we need to say much more about Rambo at this point. We know that Rambo is kind of a piece of shit, so we can leave that at that. Why did you play more of it? I don't know, I'm thinking I might review it. <laughs> yes! I'm already, like, I'm already like two-thirds of the way through the game, so I figure <laughs> I might as well just finish it, right? <laughs> but then South Park came along, and I was like, oh, well, I'd much rather be playing this. So I went ahead and played more of that instead of more Rambo. So I don't know. I still might re review Rambo. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I would I would read I'd read 800 words by you trying to encapsulate what... Uh, you know, but... So I only watched you play it. I watched a little bit of the quick look. Uh, somehow Giant Bomb became the premier place for coverage of this crappy Rambo game uh, all Whoops. of a sudden, all at once. But... For me, when I've reviewed games, and you do this more, you review far more games than I do, but I've always found that the most difficult games to review are the mediocre ones. Yes, that is absolutely true. Because a game that you truly hate, the words flow. You know exactly what you want to say because you know all the reasons that you hate it. A game that is just middling to not that interesting to kind of bad, but fuck it, whatever, is not that much fun or nor not that exciting to write about. Thief, for me, in a lot of ways, was that kind of game because... It's not horribly broken, it's not god-awful, it's just really dull. And that is, in writing about a really dull game and finding interesting things to say about a game that's super boring is maybe the worst thing you have to do as a writer, uh, or as a critic, really. But I do find that it's actually it's an incredibly useful exercise, because it is the most challenging type of review, um, uh, I find, you know, it is finding ways to articulate that sort of stretches you in a certain way that just doesn't happen as much when, you know, it's very clear why a game is doing certain things well or very clear why... I mean, bad reviews are the easiest, right? Like, those yeah. are the, the most simple because things are just broken or don't work. Like, sometimes when a game is truly exceptional, it's trying to capture what it does different uh, can be difficult because, you know, maybe it hasn't happened in, in a game before. Um, and then when you get in the middle of the road... It's just, yeah, your enthusiasm for even writing about it has slightly waned. And, you know, at least in Thief's case, it was a, you know, a triple-A big game that people were very interested in. So at least you have a motivating factor there of, like, people do want to know what's going on with this game. Um, yeah. But that, that's not true of every mediocre game. You still have to find a way to articulate the, the you know, the 
written equivalent of a dismissive wanking motion and make it interesting. <laughs> you know, like you can't just say, "Oh, this game's really boring. Who cares?" Because that's not a review. That's not interesting. To we be, can't to all be Dan Reichert. No, no. I mean, to be fair, he is the master of writing the dismissive wanking motion review uh, when he wants to. But and also uh, just writing books. I don't know where the guy finds the time. I regardless regardless of quality, the dude is a content machine because he has another book that just came out, the wrestling one. Yeah. To be fair, uh, both Air Force Gator books are like maybe a hundred pages. And that okay. wrestling book he just put out was a very short ebook he sold for like three dollars. That was like you know, several thousand words was not a very long thing. So I think he's finding time by writing short books. Oh, but to be that's, fair, that's a they're cool all idea. pretty good. I like they're that all idea. pretty good. Huh. Dan Riker is a hell of an author, uh, and apparently that curtain call book is doing real well for him. So good for him. Interesting. I guess I just when I hear ebook, I think length. Uh, yeah. But I guess that's not true, right? Like, you know, Amazon Publishing, which is, you know, what I think what he's using, you can kind of just put out whatever you want. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, so you, and nothing else of note on that you played so this week? The one thing I had meant to talk about on Monday, but during our conversation with uh, Kara Ellison, it did not really come up, is that the embargo came up on that Wolfenstein build yeah. that I was able to play. Um, right. So they actually let me play the first, like, two and a half hours of that game. Like, they just sat me down in front of it and was like, here is a long demo. Go play. There is no intro. We're not going to talk to you about it. Just do what you want to do. Which is and that's the one best of those, kind of demo. Absolutely those are the best, best kind of demo. demos. Like, that shows that you have some confidence in the product. You don't need to sit there and try and hold my hand through it. Uh, either that or you're just so checked out of your job that you just literally don't care what the press thinks about it. So you're like, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but in this case, I don't think that's that. Uh, I, 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 so I played through the opening levels and sections of that game. I did not realize, and I probably should have done my research on this, and that's my fault, uh, that X Starbreeze guys, uh, the studio they had put together following... Machine Gun Games or Machine it's Games? It's just Machine Games, I think. Machine yeah. Gun Games is a more hilarious studio title, though. That is a really good name. Um, but this is just Machine Games. Uh, so it's a bunch of people that worked on Chronicles of Riddick and the first Darkness game that eventually left Starbreeze to form their, form their own thing. And they're owned by straight up by ZeniMax. Like, they yeah. got bought like really early on before they had announced any projects. And, you know, I so other than, you know, it was going to be alternate history zombie sh- or Nazi shooting... Uh, I kind of didn't really know what to uh, to expect out of it, and I was surprised to learn that it is actually pretty good. Um, okay. They so just they start you out in the game like you're in the middle of a sort of Normandy style invasion that obviously is not Normandy because there are crazy uh, s- retro futuristic Nazi jet fighters and other things going on, and it's also 1946. Uh, there is these giant, there are all these, like, giant Nazi mechs, like, you know, wandering around. There are, you know, the, the Nazi robot dogs that are, that are trying to kill you. And it's this really intense action sequence that, uh, lands you on the shores of this beach. And you have to, like, try and storm this castle that is being run by this, you know, Nazi overlord. Uh, and it is really good at making like just just keeping the action going at all times like there there is a constant flow of bad guys all at all times uh the pace is really quick but in like a good way and the shooting has a good feel to it which is nice but the most interesting thing to me was that it is actually trying to tell kind of a story like it's not just you know america has been overthrown and the world's been overthrown by nazis so go kill them Mm-hmm. Like the the BJ Blazkowicz character, like they spend a long time fleshing him out. Really, uh, I just surprisingly, I, I love the commitment to like if they, if they want to do a game that has like more story and some more more depth to it, uh, you know, creating a, a big budget, you know, Wolfenstein, Serious Sam type game, like it just isn't gonna fly these days. And that they didn't change his name. I love yeah. that. I really, really love that because if they change the name, then they would be crucified. But by not changing the name, they have to deal with someone called BJ. And yeah, that is just—it's just a—it's just a, a hilarious name that you to try and say with a straight face. But it seems like, like, is the tone one hundred percent serious? It can't be because it's a game about future world over taking over Nazis. 
It's the closest I can draw to it is that it has that Quentin Tarantino flair to it in the sense that, oh. you know, it, it's it's sort of like God, I'm trying to think the best way to explain it. It's, it's not quite Grindhouse. It feels like modern take on Grindhouse, which is to say that it's sort of like trying to play with the tropes of old-style Grindhouse while making it more modern and snappy for, for current audiences. And it's, you know, it, I, they didn't show a ton of the story, but, I mean, the game basically, once you're through that, that initial wave, uh, Blaskowitz is in a coma, or, like, you know, basically, like, in a, in a waking coma for, like, 14 years in some, uh, asylum in Poland, and then one day the Nazis come storming in and just start murdering all the patients, and then you wake up, and it's like, okay, cool, now I need to go find the resistance, because I did not realize that the entire world had been taken over by Nazis, holy shit. Uh, and there's some good dialogue in there, like, the, the, the evil Nazis that they, they pull out are more than just, like, dudes yelling Zig Heil a lot, like, they are weird characters like there's a, a woman that they show in the last trailer uh this this like you know a high-ranking nazi official who you meet up with on a train who like pulls you to sit down with her and then makes you look at all these different pictures so she can decide if you're you know of pure race or not and then just keeps threatening to shoot you in the head if you do, if you don't play her game and mm -hmm. she has this like little you know boy toy nazi guy who is like this kind of a fet dandy but is like obviously her man friend and it is it, there is this, there's a lot of characterization going on, which is surprising for a game that, you know, all I remember about, about old Wolfenstein is Mecha Hitler and, you know, that's, and just shooting a lot of Nazis. So they are trying is, to flesh that stuff out a lot more. Is it possible that this game feels like what we were talking about when we discovered on the morning show that Rambo was coming out and that one of the things that makes, uh, you know, 80s action movies work is that while, you know, when describing it and explaining it, it sounds patently ridiculous, but that part of the reason it works in the game is that it doesn't adopt, like, the modern, like, fourth wall breaking, poking you in the eye about what's happening. It takes its ridiculous material extremely seriously in, in a way that, you know, doesn't take away from s some of the hokiness, but... Yes makes it really endearing like does that it is does, does it seem like that it's kind of sounds it is, like that's what you're describing it is committed to its world um it does not wink and nod a whole bunch about that stuff um it 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 definitely like it, it definitely is trying to have a little fun with it but it is not trying to uh make the audience go look look how crazy this all is eh? Um, like, there's a scene early on where you get some nazi commandant uh tied up in a basement and then literally, you know, you are just threatening him to, to saw his head off with a chainsaw. Like, they've shown that in the trailer as well. And the dialogue sequence that builds up between those two is, you know, it, it's it's pretty good. Like, it's it, there's there's a good little rapport between the actors, and it's, it's, it, it's amusing. But at the same time, it's not, like, going for over-the-top jokes. It's not trying to be, you know, uproariously hilarious. It's taking its plot relatively seriously for how insane and ridiculous everything going on around it is. Well, that sounds more interesting than what came across in uh, Brad and I checked it out last year at E3. You know, yeah. Uh, Bethesda had you know they they often do like a showcase that's all of their games back you know back to back to back, and you check out these little demos, and then they usually at least have one or two of them playable uh, after you see the presentations. And and last year I think is like they showed us Elder Scrolls, which we basically slept through, uh, Evil Within, um, and then uh, Wolfenstein. And they had Wolfenstein playable on the back, and I played it for, I don't know, 20 minutes. And I mean, the shooting seemed totally fine, but I didn't yeah. get a lot of the characterization that you you're, you were describing. It mostly just seemed like, yep, this is a sh it's a shooty game, um, which, you know, that's what works best when you're playing, you know, like a demo on a show floor at E3. Uh, that I come, you know, I come away with it as like, well, it seems like a pretty good shooty game, but got none of the what sounds like the more interesting stuff that at least will give it a little more character uh, that, that you got to check out, which is obviously what happens when you can just like, Hey, play the first two hours. Cause during that game is yeah. coming out in May, right? April, May. I think actually April? late April. Yeah. Man, that game is close. That game came out of nowhere. I didn't forgot it that did. game existed. So did I. And when they sent me the invite for it, I was like, Oh, right. This game. Um, so yeah, I had like zero expectation going into it. And I ended up, you know, it was one of those things where the time passed quickly, which is always a good sign when you're playing a game. Like if you wake up, you look up and you're like, Oh shit, it's like two and a half hours after I sat down. Okay. 
that's usually a sign that a game is, is pretty good at getting you into its world. And mm. I was surprised how well it does it. There's a couple of moments in there that don't work as well as the stuff I just described. Like, there are a couple of scenes that feel a little bit forced, but most of what I played I really liked. And the shooting, I thought, was 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 well done. Like, the, the dual-wielding stuff works pretty well. The weaponry seemed pretty varied. Um, and, you know, the the... the for me, first-person shooters tend to live and die by just how functional the AI is, and it seemed like the enemies were pretty good about, like, using cover and using some decent tactics to try and not just let you camp out and shoot them in the face. So, you know, it, it seems like that, that game could be good. I definitely want to play a lot more of it, so... Part of the defining aspect of that those teams when they were at Starbreeze was that they use uh, the first-person perspective in some interesting ways, or at least show yep. a real commitment... To staying in the first person and finding ways to uh, make game mechanics that either become uh, put into third person or done it in ways that like sort of break you know immersion uh, that is possible from just staying committed right. to first person. Does Wolfenstein play with that at all? From what you what you saw, not a lot. I mean, definitely not as much as something like Riddick does. Um, for the most part, the first person stuff was pretty straight ahead. Like, go shoot those dudes. Um, mm -hmm. there was not a lot of first person, you know, kind of playing with, with the camera and playing with what the character is doing during those sequences. Like usually they, when there's, when there's character stuff going on, they are not afraid to zoom out and show, you know, Blazkowicz like as a character in with everyone else. So maybe there's more of that as the game goes along. There's not much in those beginning hours. Mm. Well, I color me a little bit more interested than I was before. Uh, that game is just. I'm sure they are going to ramp up, you know, our uh, awareness of it. But that game r continues to be just sort of a I keep forgetting that existed yeah. sort of game, um, which is a, ple a pleasant surprise. Like a pleasant surprise not to know a whole lot about a game as we're nearing its release date. I I find it hard to complain about that given how yeah. overexposed everything else usually is. And if you pre-order now, you can get into the Doom beta. So that's exciting, right? Yeah, whatever whatever yeah. that means. I, I, I get why they're doing that. That makes sense. They, It's a shooter. It's coming out this year. Doom is probably coming out next year. But what the hell is even that Doom game? Like, w yeah. what am I supposed to get excited about? Is it not Doom 4 anymore? Is it just Doom? Are they just calling it the Doom? Like, what what is what is the deal with that game? I have no idea. Yeah. At least, you know, if they're, if they're doing a, a invitation to the beta we can be sure that we're going to see it sometime in the next six months, you know, whether that happens through a really, uh, you know, a cover on Game Informer really soon or just a straight-up E3 reveal. You know, we're going to see Doom pretty, I, you know, I guess it could be as late as QuakeCon, but my usually I would suspect that When is QuakeCon? August, I think. I feel like they would start showing it at E3, right? I feel, I mean, like, we would, I feel like we would see it at E3, probably a reveal before that, and then, like, you know, you get a trailer at one of Jeff Keighley's, like, pre-E3 shows. And right. then playable multiplayer beta in August at QuakeCon. And then details on when that beta is actually rolling out later in the year. Yeah, that, that seems, seems... That seems reasonable. Seems likely, so... Um, I have been what playing... Have been I've been playing... Uh, I've played, like, two or three hours, maybe more than that, of... Uh, I'm never going to know how to pronounce this. Dopanangra. Sure, let's just say it's that. Okay. It's this Vita game that uh, is a cross between sort of a visual novel in which you are just sort of like reading text and, and making some uh, conversational decisions uh, and Ace Attorney, uh, a series that I'm familiar with in concept but not in practice. I have not uh, played more than an hour or two of any Ace Attorney game, um, although I've been meaning to buy the compilation that went out on iOS. And it's interesting. Like, it's you know, kind of like how I mentioned when uh, I briefly brought it up when Kara was on the show, like it's super anime, and in that right. way, like it's, I, I've, at this point, I wish I could. I'm actually going to look and see if I can turn off the dialogue, uh, like the voice acting, because I just find it a, it's really slow and it's not good. So I constantly just want to hit like the skip button. Like I, I've read the text far before they have finished speaking it, um, and so I just. Uh, I just keep skipping past it. But, like, regardless, so the setup of the game is that there is, uh, like, the this, this amazing prep school. It's, like, and it's where the Ultimates go to. And the Ultimates is not, like, a, like, superhero or, or anything like that. It's mostly, like, 
the the top person in various sort of categories. And it's not just traditional categories like math, science, and, and things like that. There's like the ultimate baseball player, the ultimate pop sensation, uh, the ultimate programmer. Um, you know, you basically get all these different uh, archetypes that aren't your traditional archetypes. They fall into like different skill brackets. And these people are invited to come to this one school uh, together and most of the people, most of the students in this school are these these ultimates. They're like the best of the best in whatever category they fall into. Uh, the character you play as, uh, Makoto, is uh, the ultimate lucky student, which is to say, every uh, term they they invite one regular super average person that has no extraordinary talents whatsoever. Um, and this is the most Japanese sounding fucking thing you've ever described. I know, I know, I know. S- stick with me. Stick with all me. All right, all right, and. So they're all invited, and uh, they get there, um, and you, you like you get there. You, you, Makoto gets there a little bit early, and he falls asleep, and then he wakes up, and then everyone's there, and you get introduced to all the characters, and they, you very really quickly find out that uh, you've actually all been like boarded up into this school. Uh, there's no way out. Uh, the only way that you can get out is if you kill another person and get away with it, uh, and you get away with it by there being. Uh, a class trial, um, and the the trial is when it goes into sort of the uh, sort of ace attorney elements, and so you spend the the game sort of split into two different uh, sections. Like there are sections where you're just talking to folks and looking around the environment, which is where you're sort of gathering elements. And oh man, I'm going to use some really embarrassing terminology here. As yes, you gather evidence, you, you are gathering what they call truth bullets. <laughs> mm hmm. And these truth bullets are what you use to, in the, the, the trial, to shoot down contra- contradictions in evidence. And it's, ah, uh, the way this is all contextualized sounds so dumb, and it, it absolutely is. But if you strip away kind of all that stuff, uh, what it is is you build up relationships with these characters that uncover certain parts of evidence that you can then use in the trial. And in the trial part, you know, stripping away freaking truth bullets and all of this nonsense, you are looking at language. You are looking at sentences and trying to find contradictions in logic and using evidence that you found to uh, to display those contradictions in front of a crowd. Like the first trial that you go on, everyone uh, thinks that you're the killer. Um, and the problem is, uh, the way the trial is set up is that if if the group accuses the wrong person of being the killer, everyone else dies. So there is an interesting setup of, you know you didn't do it, and if, unless you convince everyone that you're innocent, they're all going to die. You'll you'll get out of here, you'll leave the school, but everyone will die uh, with you. And so, you know, a lot of the trappings are sort of weird, and you kind of just have to suck it up and move on. But the actual mechanics themselves of, like, having these relationships with these characters, um, you know, you do get, you give them presence and stuff like that, which gives you certain skill sets, and those skills, like, allow you to do certain things when you get to, to the trial section. Like, all that stuff, like, it is really interesting. It's just, you sort of, you have to get over things like truth bullets, and it's really hard to get over things like truth bullets. Oh, right. Oh, no, no. And so the headmaster is a talking bear. That, what? Not like a live Fuck. bear, but like a, uh, like a, it's like a bear thing. It's Yeah. Uh, yeah. They kill Patrick, people. Patrick, this, this sounds patently insane. Uh, yeah. Which is actually like a large part of what people why people were pushing it on me like they i played 999 in vlr and i did really really like both those games and those both those games are super japanese like in right. in in the ways that you know and I, and I don't mean that to be condescending i just mean it in the way that when people are normally turned off to certain sensibilities of of japanese uh characterization and settings uh that's what 99 in vlr that's what dobanangra is uh those games are very much that uh, and that is, I think, totally a hump to get over to appreciate some of the interesting stuff that it is doing uh, because it is just goofy to the nth degree. Now, it, the game's not super self-serious. It is 
uh, dark, there's a lot of dark humor. So the reason there are things like truth bullets and stuff like that, like the game is like aware that there is kind of a playfulness to to all of this. Um, and everyone dies in really ridiculous ways. Like I don't want to give away too much about uh, what happens, but uh, like okay, so w one of the one of the ways, one of the moments during the trial, like as you're doing your a closing argument, is it turns into a rhythm game where you're you're tapping X to to argue. And then you tap triangle to dismiss the arguments. <laughs> I don't feel uh -huh. like I'm convincing you. I don't feel I don't feel like I'm convincing Alex Navarro to play this game. So before I ask my last question here, I just want to uh -huh. say to everyone in the chat, everyone who's saying, "Oh, this doesn't sound that crazy." What the fuck are you people playing? <laughs> what are you playing that this sounds like mundane in any possible way? What are you doing with your time that this sounds normal? Just throwing that out there. I'm gonna shoot. Are a you I'm gonna shoot a truth this, bullet at you, Alex Navarro. Are you enjoying this, Patrick? I am. Okay. I'm. I need to play deeper to have a better articulation of. So. It seems like part of the appeal uh, is similar to 999 and VLR, both games that uh, are function. They're part of a Zero Escape series, uh, and the mm -hmm. Zero Escape series has a very similar premise in which. Uh, a bunch of people are locked into a room and told that the only way out involves a lot of murder. And so a lot of the fun of these games is figuring out why you're there, um, who's going to kill who. You know, it's basically just like a really – it's an anime whodunit. Uh, so if you can get into the idea of a whodunit, then, you know, at that point it's just a matter of can you get into the specific trappings of, of this kind of whodunit. Um, it really is just a, a murder mystery uh, that you get to become a part of and have some influence over. Um, 99 and VLR both had really, really elaborate endings and a lot of different endings. It's not clear to me if that is the case with uh, Dovanagra, but it at least has the a very similar premise of, look, lots of people are going to die, um, and then you get to be a part of sort of uncovering the evidence and, and figuring out how that stuff works out. So the trial stuff is super cool, like in an Ace Attorney way. Like it feels really satisfying to look at an argument, realize, nope, they're wrong, and they're wrong because of X, and then presenting that evidence and, and moving along. Um, that part is really cool uh, and, you know, appeals to the sort of, you know, logic and reasoning part of my brain, even if uh, you have to sort of ignore some of the hashtag truth bullets. Yeah, I, you know, whatever. I, I'm all for insane games, and, you know, I, I have certainly played my share of weird Japanese games over the years and enjoyed them, you know, sometimes because of or in spite of the weirdness. This seems like one that might be a little more than I can deal with, but <laughs> I can... If you're having fun with it, I mean, that's... I mean, parts of that sound cool. I, I, I don't necessarily... To be fair, there were parts when you were explaining like that in, that initial run of things you were trying mm -hmm. to explain where all the words just kind of like melted into a weird mess <laughs> that I couldn't quite sort out into actual things that made sense in my brain. But the parts that I was able to pull out sounded like they could be fun, could be interesting. Uh, there's a bear. I like bears. So that, you know, maybe maybe there's something to that. And that bear kills people. The bear is very aggressive. He likes killing people. Uh, bears are not your friends. They are no. wild animals. Why would you make a bear a teacher when a bear... In its nature, it it has the big claws. It'll kill you. That's what it does. Yeah, I, I recently, uh, Katie asked me, like, what I was playing. I was like, oh, what game are you going to play tonight? I was like, I'm going to play Donkey Kong. Because she'll ask me, like, what the games I'm playing and, like, what they're about. And, like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, yeah. do, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do what I just did now. I couldn't do that to her. I feel like. She might have just broken the Vita. She might have just thrown it across the room. <laughs> what does that tell you about what you're doing with your time that you have to keep these secrets from Alex, your life? Alex, I'm trying huh? to play the games that no one else will play. I'm uh -huh. trying to go, you know, I'm being a journalist. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm going into the war zone that is anime. Uh, yeah. If anime is for jerks, someone needs to be the jerk. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying right you're now. not a jerk. I'm not present, uh, you're trying to present here that you're somehow, like, jerkless. But, uh... I'm just saying, if it's for, if it's really, if it's honestly for the work, you would be able to tell your wife about it. <laughs> There's a secret shame inside of you, isn't there? There is, because then I'd have to say truth bullets. Yeah. At least I'm paid to say it right now. Be one of the unashamed, Patrick. Admit what you are. Uh, Admit that you're a huge jerk. I'm an anime editor. 
Yes! We've done it! Fuck. Feel it. Feel that inside of you. Let that out. Let the world know what you are. Come out of the closet, Patrick. God. Come out as an anime editor. God damn it. I know I know what it feels like to be Brad. It's a dark yeah. feeling. It's a dark Welcome. feeling. Welcome. I also played some Donkey Kong. I actually How's did Donkey play Kong? some Donkey Kong. Uh, it seems pretty good. It's super early. I am, I've only played four levels. Uh, but, man, is it gorgeous. Uh... You know, once you start playing it, you kind of get over the hang-up that I think a lot of people had, which was acknowledging that the last Donkey Kong was better than it seemed like any right uh, retro had to produce a platformer that excellent. But did anyone want to see them make another platformer? Not really. But you know what? They made a really good one. Um, yeah. And it seems like this is a really good one uh, as well. Um, and uh, part of what I like about it is that the, like Donkey Kong has real friggin' weight. Like he is a, he's just a heavy character, and it's, it's just giant gorilla. Uh, yeah, well, and it's just most games don't have you playing a character with real weight. Platformers tend to involve like very light characters that have really bouncy physics that allow you to have a lot of mobility when you're playing. Um, and and Donkey Kong isn't like that. Um, like both as a game and as the character that you're playing as, he has real weight. He has like momentum is a huge part of of uh, being able to, to execute uh, your moves properly. You know, there's uh, a lot of, like, using uh, running forward um, and then, like, you know, hitting X to roll. And there's just a real weight to the character that takes a long time to get used to where a lot of my traditional, uh, you know, sort of experience with platformers, like, is actually getting me into trouble uh, with the way that they've set up uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, but it's it's... I like that, and it's in a good way. It's a, It feels really different uh, than what you would expect. And, man, if nothing else, if people don't play this game, although I think you should, uh, the music is unfriggin' believable. Is it David Weiss, right, or Wise? Might be, yeah. I don't, I don't I th- know. I think so. Um, he has produced just a stellar goddamn soundtrack for this game that even three stages in is un- unbelievably good and, like, probably better than the game and i only say that because the game seems pretty damn good and the soundtrack is just that great um but i I need to play more and uh donkey kong is also me venturing into a game that i i i you know i just like platformers a lot and i also just suspect that very few people are going to play this game the curse of the wii u but now um how how far are you into it because the thing people have repeatedly cited about that game is that it is extremely difficult especially as you get further and further into it um now i don't necessarily count that against it but some people have said it is frustratingly difficult some people have said it's exactly the kind of difficult it should be i don't know who to believe patrick tell me what to think well i haven't gotten far enough to to weigh in unfortunately like it's god damn it it's still super early i just got in you know the first three stages the first four stages i'm about to get to the first boss uh, are about basically levels that introduce you to the different <clears throat> side characters. So right. in addition to having Diddy Kong, uh, and Diddy Kong was the only side character in the last game, um, he functions both as an extra life um, and that you that you get in the, without actually dying and going back to a checkpoint. And he also was uh, had this jetpack so that you could kind of hover over areas. And it's really important because Donkey Kong is heavy as hell and can't make real big leaps. So having the ability to hover got you out of really tough situations and that if you got used to using uh, that extra life a lot, the moment that you didn't have him made the game tremendously more difficult. And in this new one, you also have Dixie Kong. I believe that is what the girl's name is. Uh, She does basically a double jump, uh, but not an actual double jump. She kind of like whips up into the air so that you can get uh, additional uh, uh, vertical distance on, uh, on jumps. And then you have... Uh, Cranky Kong, who allows you to do like a pogo stick, sort of like in uh, DuckTales, uh, that uh, allows you to traverse uh, locations that would, you know, like a pit full of spikes is something you can then bounce across, even if there are no platforms uh, for you to do that uh, any other way. Uh, So the early, the first world is basically about introducing you to those guys and what those characters function as, because you'll come across those barrels uh, that unlock those characters in each level. 
but you can also buy them using uh, the games uh, like coin currency and bring in whoever you want into a stage if like for example there's a puzzle piece you're having trouble getting to that would be a lot easier if you had access to to one of those characters so right like the first world is basically just tutorializing um, without actually having a functional tutorial um, so I, I don't think I'll know till a little bit later but the last Donkey Kong got crazy difficult in the last couple of worlds um, and I really enjoy that like I'm I'm happy for this game to to Cranky Kong up, I tried. I tried to make a joke. It didn't work. Yeah. Uh, this is what anime does to you. Yeah, it ruins your brain. It ruins your brain. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong, This is your mm. brain on anime. It's just a pair of giant <laughs> anime eyes on your brain. So I'm gonna play more Donkey Kong. Uh, I'm trying to play as much as I can on my TV, but also I love the fact that it's remote play or whatever yeah. off TV play, whatever you want to call it on on the wii u and uh, it doesn't use the gamepad while you're playing on the main screen right like it doesn't do anything with that no it actually asks you at the beginning interestingly enough uh which one you want to play on if you're going to play on the tv or uh on uh on the the, the gamepad and then it just uh stops displaying stuff on the other one it just says okay. nope so like when you're playing on the tv there is literally nothing on the gamepad there's no map there's no just spinning bananas there is absolutely nothing they just say look we want you to play the game and then you just choose the display that it shows up on and it's a gorgeous game so i want to mm -hmm. try and play a bunch of it on my tv um but uh you know we're probably going to try and finish up house of cards this weekend and doing that with donkey kong on the gamepad sounds pretty good um, yeah. because i can't play Donpanagra because there's these anime voices just yelling at me the whole time so you're saying the best way to watch House of Cards is while playing a video game and only half paying attention to it in the background. I feel like that allows you to look over some of the weird plot holes of House of Cards, as fun of a show as it is. Yeah, fair enough. I've, I, I, I'm only have limited experience with that show at all. Oh, uh, you I need to watch it. You, it's, re it's really good. It's Kevin Spacey, man. It's worth it just for him, even if you shouldn't think about the story too much. My girlfriend doesn't care about political shows at all, except for Veep. That it's is got nothing to do with it's ow, it's it has nothing to do with politics. I know, and she also doesn't like Kevin Spacey that much. Okay, so well a little, that's a problem. It's yeah. that show is Kevin Spacey. It's kind of a combination of things she doesn't really like, so it's been hard to convince her to to watch any of it. But uh I don't know. Right now we've got True Detective and that's that's keeping us warm oh, at night. So I just yeah, just slit your wrists after every single episode mm -hmm. of that because dark by keeping me warm at night it makes me feel cold dead and alone so yeah i know it's that's definitely <laughs> what i'm looking for in my tv these days ah uh, just shooting off truth bullets about these games right alex that's what we're doing truth bullets hashtag that's the official hashtag of uh this morning's show all right well that's all i've been playing i didn't play thief uh south park comes out next week right it comes next out on tuesday. tuesday man video games are back they are man and, and then it's, dark souls it's... 2 and then oof titanfall anyway so many games let's so see games. let's move on to, uh if you want to start dropping questions in the chat we can then move on to uh answering some questions as well uh let's see new tony hawk game coming to mobile premiered uh exclusively on larry king live and also if... on bloomberg despite <laughs> the fact that they said that yeah, because that's, you know, that's where all the Tony Hawk fans go for their news is Bloomberg and Larry King Live, right? Like, that's that that makes sense. Even Tony Hawk is not that old. I know no, he's, he's like old, 46. But he's not he's not to debut on Larry King Live old. And that, that I'm sorry, Tony. That, that bumps press me release out. was amazing, by the way. I don't know if you saw no. that. No. There's some really choice quotes in there. So it's and coming. Just that interview. It's coming exclusively to mobile. Uh, I don't, does it say anything about the game? I, I, I didn't see anything about that part. You control a character who skateboards. Oh, really? Yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Okay. Well, I, I guess, you know what? It makes a certain amount of sense that if they're bringing back Tony Hawk, they would do it uh, on iPhone and iPad as opposed to a full-blown console re-release or something like that. It's... I, extreme sports, I think, might be a tough sell in the $60 market these days. But you, you know what? Wouldn't be shocked if they put it on iPhone and iPad and then, whoops, six months from now, Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network are getting versions of that game too. 
please, the Xbox Live Marketplace. It is no longer the arcade. Yeah, okay, I guess you're right. Yeah. Uh, who asked Super for dumb. Cell Damage HD? Who? Who possibly... Who possibly Wait, thought that, that they... Yeah. You didn't really? see that? Yes. No. Oh, why? Why is that happening? Who, who, who no said that was idea. a good idea? Oh uh, Toronto-based Finish Line Games. I don't even know if that's the original developer. It's... Yeah, they're bringing it back to PS4, PS3, and Vita. I mean... Who? Why? I don't have any fond memories of Cell Damage whatsoever. Who does? Like I don't. I'm not even saying it was like a horrible game, but like it was just a game that existed, and then it stopped existing. And I then... remember. I remember it was a launch game for what the Xbox. Yeah. The original. Yeah. I remember when Jeff got his original Xbox when they first launched that stuff, and I remember going over his house. He's like, "Hey, let's play some of these dumb Xbox games," and he put mm -hmm. that one on. And both the whole time, we just sat there silent, just looking at it, going, "Well, I mean, I guess it looks okay." Yeah. That that was it. That was the crux of the our entire cell damage conversation. I don't know if we've ever spoken of it since. I don't. I just when that press release came across uh, my inbox, I was just. If you made a list of, like, 10,000 games, 10,000 games that people wanted an update to, I don't think Cell Damage would have been on that list. I don't... You, I, I can think of, right now, if, if I sat here and did the work, I could probably come up with at least 300 games I would rather they do an HD update of before I would even start thinking about Cell Damage. I mean, you know, I guess, you know, you can see the logic in... There are not a lot of vehicular action games. Twisted Metal kind of, I think, put the last <laughs> nail on the coffin of that genre. Um, so why make a new one when Cell Damage already exists, I guess? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Fine. Maybe, maybe, now, maybe now the audience is properly tuned to what Cell Damage was trying to bring to the, to the table years and years ago. Like, maybe they think now is is the time the iron's ready to strike. This is Cell Damage's year. The year of Cell Damage, 2014. Uh, Sore Marine saying, next up, Konami Crazy Carts HD. Yep. I'd rather have that. I would literally rather have that. At least there are weird characters in Konami, Konami Crazy Cart. Give me Sonic Racers HD. Yeah. Just so I have that soundtrack again. Ugh. Everybody's supersonic racing. Keep your feet right on the ground. Everybody's supersonic racing. There's no time to mess around. I know the lyrics to the Sonic Art soundtrack. <laughs> Apparently, which is surprising and worrying for an equal measure. Well, that's uh, that's what anime does to you. It unlocks weird parts of your brain that you thought you had... Uh... Whatever. I may have, in my teenage years, blasted the Sonic Art soundtrack because it was ironically really good and also kind of really good, too. So, I, no shame there. Uh, you have a lot of friends back then? Look, we don't need to get we don't need to get <laughs> details of my life. This has been a really dark show. I don't uh, know Lego movie. No. Yeah. Minecraft movie. Minecraft movie, which is not Lego, but But sure, it's coming whatever. from the producers of, of the, the Lego movie, not the writer-directors who did uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and, and those Long films. High. But uh, did you see the Lego movie? You have anyone? I haven't yet. I That's another thing I've been trying to convince my girlfriend to go see, but I think I finally worn her down on that one, and we may go see it this weekend. I want to see it. I hear it's really good. I ev there has been no one, even the most jaded assholes I know who are always looking to find things like this and shit on them have said, "No, Lego movie is really good." And that is so surprising to me, but I mean, you know. I don't know, did you see Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was cute. I thought it was funny. Okay. I didn't it didn't leave a super lasting impression on me, but I liked it. So I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, in the case of Lego Movie, it sounds like they have made they have made it weird enough so that it doesn't just feel like a toy commercial, which is probably what that movie needed mm. to be. Have you seen it? No. Okay. Are you I want to see that I want to see that Frozen movie though. I hear that movie's pretty good. I think I'd rather see the Lego Movie personally. I don't really like musicals that or music stuff that much. Uh, what about That's like a heavy like a heavy metal Frozen? No? I don't know. I mean, if you get the right bands to do the soundtrack, maybe. I don't know. I like that you eh. thought. I thought you at least thought about it. 
Yeah, I thought about it for a second. Well, either way, uh, you know, a Minecraft, Minecraft movie makes a hundred percent sense, and attaching the guys that put together a Lego movie, a movie that should not have been any good. There is no reason for a Lego film to have been anything but complete exploitative trash, right. uh, and yet turns out to be uh, fantastic. And another reason for Chris Pratt to show everyone why he is the best. Uh, those seem like, you know, those producers found good talent for the mine for the Lego movie. Uh, they seem like the right guys to do Minecraft because I bet a Minecraft movie could be friggin' crazy. And it has the same sort of setup that the Lego uh, franchise had um, in terms of a film, which is that you can basically make anything. It's just an adventure film. Yeah. It's just a matter of coming up with, you know, a good adventure film. And uh, Minecraft, I mean... That, it would look kind of cool, probably, in big CGI form. Uh, so, you know, could be good. So could now good. What, the question is, is it going to be a movie that takes place inside of Minecraft? Or is it going to be about some sort of kid in the real world who's like a savant at Minecraft and he has to go to, like, the, you know, the World Minecraft Championships and it's like a road movie like The Wizard? What do you think? Uh, I don't think so. I think you just make that movie CG. I know. You just move on with your life. But, I yes, you I'm, with you. CG movie. I w- yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's remake the wizard, Patrick. Let's make that our mission in life. Okay. I'm f- I'm fine with that. Let's go to Kickstarter and not have the rights to the wizard and just say that we want to do a homemade wizard remake. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll get Jenny Lewis to a camo. It'll be perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, I like me some Jenny Lewis. Uh, there's a new uh, there's a trailer for the new uh, Walking Dead episode, but I didn't watch it. I did. Does it look good? Yeah, I mean, it looks like they are continuing the story that they have set up in the first episode um but you know they don't they don't show too much i'm more interested in the further adventures of the wolf among us than i am in the walking dead right now do you share that um maybe a little but only because the wolf among us is a little deeper into its story at this point than season two of the walking dead is i mean the first episode of the walking dead is a lot of table setting sure um there's not a whole lot of progression other than just to say here's what clem's life is like now and right. here's what she's now going to be thrust into. Right. So I think this is the kind of the test to see whether that story is more interesting or not, uh, because they actually have to kind of progress it from here. Yeah, uh, definitely curious. I Because it's coming out next week, that's why I didn't look at the trailer. I put up on the site and was just like, well, I can wait a couple of days. Uh, definitely looking forward to playing it, but I just find myself a little more engrossed in the world of uh, The Wolf Among Us than I am in The Walking Dead. But maybe it is because it's table setting. I mean... The, my favorite episode of season one of Walking Dead was not the first episode, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah the first episode... A... The, actually, The Walking Dead, or the, the Wolf Among Us, is the first of those games that has had, like, I think a first episode that was, at least thus far, the strongest of the, the thing. Because the second episode of season one of The Walking Dead was really, really good. Yeah, that was the, the cannibal episode, which basically yeah. felt like, you know, they took a... What should have been a really boring... Uh, generic horror premise and yeah. put a really really fun twist on it uh and in a way that you know you can't really do that too many times but the yeah. way the way they did do it was terrific so we'll we'll i'm just curious to see where they take clementine from here like it's just like ah put her in another harrowing situation like you you know can only get away with that so many times uh, i'm just curious to see how they handle her her development as as a character for sure they need to grow her character over the course of this because, like, that was sort of the beauty of the first one was that you saw her kind of, you know, learn things and become something a little bit stronger in the first season. And mm-hmm. this season, it's like, okay, cool, she's kind of morose and really, you know, jaded and, you know, sad all the time. But she kind of has to go somewhere from there. She can't just kind of be in peril all the time and have all the adults sort of making decisions around her. Like, if you're going to make her a playable character, you need to do more with that. So, yep. here's hoping. Yep, yep, yep. There are uh, many personae coming to North America, Patrick, as the anime editor. I feel like you should be most excited about this. Yeah, I've not played Persona 4, but uh, it is on my Vita. It is on my list. Uh, yeah, they confirmed that like the three spinoffs, like Persona Q, which is on 3DS, some rhythm game, and the sequel to the fighting game or the upgraded version of the fighting game. Those are all coming out staggered before Persona 5, which comes out winter 2004 yeah. in Japan which that could easily mean, mean like early early 2015 yeah. um my guess is we see Persona 5 over here like right around this time or shortly thereafter uh a year from now 
Um, and on the PlayStation 3, no less, which, I mean, I guess yeah. that's not surprising, but, you know, it's sort of like, those guys really like their slightly out-of-date hardware, don't they? They do, and it makes sense because you're talking about, like, I don't I, I don't know what the PlayStation 3 uh, user base is offhand, but, like, you know, we're talking, you know, 10 to 20 million PS4s a year from now versus, like, 100 million, like, PS3s. Like, they want to yeah. sell the most amount of copies, so that's part of the reason these games come out so late and it works for them. Um, you know, I, I, but, you know, I can't help but hope that maybe Sony would just be like, hey, look, we'll pay for it and we'll we'll port this to the PS4 or the Vita or something like that um, so that there are you don't have to rehook up your, your PS3. But, you know, people care about that series so much that you, they can kind of get away with what they want to do and just kind of keep on trucking. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try and play Persona 4 over the summer. Uh, it is uh, it is on my list. People, people do really like that game, and I, I would like to find out what it is one way or the other on my own at some point. I've come this far. I might as well keep going. Yeah, and it will take you a good chunk of that summer to get through. So you know, Yeah, it's like a 60-hour game or something like that. It could be longer than that if you take <clears> the time. Yeah. Uh, Sony Santa Monica laid off like 40 to 60 people. I'm not sure yeah. if they uh, put out the exact numbers. Um, yeah, uh, there other, or a new IP, or just an IP was canceled. Um, and they're the God of War team, uh, by and large. Uh, so, it's not like the studio was shuttered, uh, but, uh, yeah, whatever they were working on, uh, is not something they'll be coming out. Uh, I can say, I, Patrick. I could say, I can say I had heard, uh, some troubled things about that project, um. Not really at liberty to say much more than that, but I'll say it's not a huge surprise yeah. uh, that that this happened. But it's a, you know it's always a bummer um, to see layoffs, and then it's a bummer to see that it was a new IP um, from a studio that is otherwise only known for God of War. Not yeah. that I don't like the God of War games, but I don't just want another God of War game. You know, if they're going to make another one of those, you really hope it's a reinvention. Uh, from the ground up of what what that is, what that series can be, as opposed to just the continuing adventures of Kratos against some angry gods. That's the thing. I don't think you can make another God of War game with Kratos, and I realize that's like a weird thing to say, but I mean, it, it, that character is so beyond over and done with at this point that I can't imagine what another God of War story featuring him would even be. So... You know, yeah. at this point, I'm kind of ready for them. If they're going to make another one, find some a, a, some other character. Find a different story. Do something different with it. Because Kratos' routine has officially gotten super old, and it's time to move on. So, Yeah, Baby Choo Choo in the chat says, Goddess of War. That would be yeah. a really easy way to spin the whole thing on its head and still... You know, because obviously a God of War game is going to be a, you know, it's going to be an action game. It's going to be a, right. you know, it's it's going to be what it is. It's a matter of what can you do to shake up that formula so that it still feels fresh. And, you know, you know, not, placing a woman or a goddess or whatever you wanted to do in that role would be one way to do it. That's not enough. Like just slapping a, <laughs> yeah, you slapping can't just a lady make the there same is, angry is not enough. personality with a lady. That doesn't quite work. But, you know, maybe... At least a different character, whether it's it's a woman or otherwise, like maybe someone with a little more nuance. Uh, you know, not that you need uh, a real complex story as is the solution to God of War. You know, I don't know what the solution is. I just know that I don't want to play another one of those games um, as it is. Uh, so whatever they need to do uh, to shake that up, you know, if it is true, you know, if it is true that they're working on another of those, I just assume that they're going to play the safe bet and make another God of War game. Um, hopefully they do something, you know, a little more substantial with it. So we'll see. Whatever it is, just no Kratos for the love of God. That's all I ask. Yeah, I mean, he could be, you know, he could still be present in the storyline. But make I him the don't... final boss. Make him the bad guy. Sure. Make Kratos the dude you have to kill at the end of the next God of War. That that I'd be fine with. Just don't make him the guy you have to play. Because holy shit, I don't want to do that again. Hmm. Uh, Nintendo shutting down online play on the DS and the Wii in May. Which is which not feels... surprising. No, but it feels awfully soon. Yeah, I'm wondering. I, 
that's the question I have. Is like I'm wondering how much use those servers are even getting at this point. Like I imagine people are still playing Mario Kart, and there are yeah. probably some select DS online titles that people are still playing. But what else is there? I think it's unfortunate that they wouldn't at least keep a couple of the, you know, the games that people are still playing, going, like Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, like why they wouldn't include those games as exemptions. I think is is unfortunate. Uh, because you know this is something that's out of the control of the players that if they are still enjoying these games they're basically be told like sorry go buy the next one um you know that you know obviously i'm not taking into consideration the cost to to maintain this stuff versus maybe how many players are still participating but it does feel a little early uh for them to be shutting that stuff off um you know you know cynically you know you've got a new mario kart coming out really soon so yep. Are they, you know, are they trying to shuffle people onto that new one? Uh, hey, go buy a Wii U, suckers. Um, or was this just the right time? I mean, it's shutting down in May. I think that new Mario Kart comes out in May. Yes, it does. So... Uh, it, it does, in fact, May 20th. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. that's <laughs> that seems not coincidental uh, and a little unfortunate. Uh, you know... My guess is that, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. People will find out a way to make that stuff work through emulators and stuff like that. But that's not going to help the folks that just pop it in their Wii and uh, and want to play that game. So, yeah, you know, I, I realize it's a it's a part of reality. Servers have to shut down eventually, but it sucks. It's a brutal reality. But I, I mean, we're saying it's too soon. The Wii U's been out for almost 18 months at this point. I'm not surprised that they're trying to get people to move on. This is yeah. one thing that they are doing to make that happen. I I have to imagine the number of people still playing online games on those particular systems is small enough that they feel it's justifiable. I mean, I know it sucks for people that are still playing Mario Kart Online. I was playing Mario Kart Online, like, as recently as December, just mm -hmm. because I thought it would be fun to jump in that and try again and play against some people, and it was, you know? But if they're going to do it, they might as well do it at a time that, you know, is strategically significant for them, I guess. So yeah. I think it's dumb. I think I, I hate it when any company does this, but it was going to happen eventually. So we might as well just rip that Band-Aid off now and just be done with it. Ah, you're probably right. Uh, Outlast getting Whistleblower DLC, which is supposed to bring the story of Outlast to a close uh, in April. I am, I am looking forward to playing that. It's a little distressing that they didn't bring the story to a close in the game that they released already. That that there is they have to continue it with DLC. But I mean, uh, by the end of the game, they're trying to like do world building and you know like branch out the mythology in 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 some ways. You you get some you get closure on a lot of what's happening in, in the story of Outlast, which is not very good. This you don't you don't play Outlast for the story. The story goes completely off the rails. You play uh, for the atmosphere. Yeah, you play for the atmosphere, and the atmosphere gets terrible by the end because it's all mm. lit up and you're in computer areas and without getting into what happens but it's it's not great it's the worst part of the game but mm. horror in general is a genre that you just get used to the first two thirds being great and then the yeah. last third being terrible uh so right. outlast was no different in that regard uh but um i i want to play more of it and the little graphic they released of some dude with a meat cleaver chopping up meat uh, looks gross, so I'm I'm looking forward to playing that, and uh, it was cool that folks got uh, that as the free game well, not free game, but uh, the PlayStation Plus uh, game uh, last month on PS4 because it's it's a, it's a good game. I downloaded it, I have still not had a chance to play it, I will do it eventually I promise. I just... It's pretty short it's like, yeah, it's like four or five hours it's just one of those things where it's like anytime a game that I have to play comes along, I tend to forget that I have other games that I wanted to play, and then I don't remember that I have them until another game comes along that I have to play. You should and... wait until it, like, we're still getting through the winter, but, like, in a month from now, like, we're going to hit spring. Spring is going to bring a lot of storms. Mm -hmm. Wait till, like, it's dark night, it's raining, then you turn on Outlast. Let the thunderclaps ring oh, out. That's my favorite. That's like, I. That's my 100% favorite thing to do. One okay. of the things I'm most excited about being back in the Midwest is the moment there's a storm. Yeah. I bust out that Friday the 13th box set, get some whiskey, let yeah, the, see, night, let the night roll. 
I'm a huge wimp, so instead I turn on all the lights, turn the game audio way, way down so that none of the jump scares can really affect me. And then, I'll come uh, over and we'll play Outlast together. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're going to make me all scaredy. I don't like that. Just want you closer, Alex. I just want you closer. Uh, I want to get the an- I want to I want to infect you with the anime. Ugh. I'm gonna give you some dopanagra. Keep your anime <laughs> out of my body. Thank you very much. Uh, I I'm not sure there's much else to talk about. There's uh, we'll see where it goes. But the uh, the European Commission uh, and Europe in general is just a little more aggressive about going after uh, certain business tactics. Um, mm-hmm. They are going at they're investigating uh, in-app purchases um, and really the potentially exploitative nature of some of them uh the press release that they put out said they are looking into uh, games advertised as free should not mislead customers about the true costs involved games should not contain direct exhortations to children to buy items in a game or persuade an adult to buy items for them consumers should be adequately informed about the payment arrangements and purchases should not be debited through default settings without consumers explicit consent traders should provide an email address so that consumers can contact them in case of queries or complaints. Uh, interesting. Interesting, and also sounds like the kind of thing that will ultimately not really go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I will. Uh, we'll have to. It's. I'm curious that a governmental body is looking into something like that. Um, yeah. That is. I mean, it's. There are definitely. The, there are dirtbag developers out there certainly mm-hmm. that have you know taken great advantage of this sort of thing, but I'm not sure that there's anything that really is illegal or you know untoward about any of that it's just a business tactic and you know it's kind of up to the people whose credit cards are attached to those things to say no you can't spend money on those things uh unless you you have permission or want to so i don't i guess i guess i don't really understand i mean i understand that like some of that shit's a little shady but like i'm not sure that this is the kind of thing that you can necessarily regulate well i don't know if you know that we should look at this as necessarily the end game being regulation as much as yeah. this is sent you know this puts dirt bags on notice like hey yeah you know fix your business models stipping so exploitative like find better ways for consumers to know what they're getting into uh better ways for you know kids you know i think a lot of this is is you know targeted at finding better ways to uh protect kids from doing dumb things or getting caught up in sure, sure. this stuff than adults that uh, you know, should know better or be more responsible uh, with with their own money. But I got no problem with a government body stepping in and at least uh, threatening to slap them around. Uh, and uh, you know, if it changes over there, you know, that's you know, these are worldwide games. We would see changes over here as well. If it un- if it ended up impacting you know, sort of the fundamental game design uh, of the the businesses that are implemented. So I, I got no problem with the EU. Uh, looking into that i think it's i don't know if it was the eu but it was also over in europe that you know they were investigating trying to push valve uh to uh give you rights over the games you purchase digitally um i don't think that ended up going anywhere unfortunately but yeah. uh that stuff should be pursued and you know that's you know at least in my opinion not to get political uh, that is where you want government regulation is to protect you in those ways. Uh, I just think it's I I think it's disgusting that the EU is wasting their time with this when they could be spending their time on something useful like regulating anime and keeping it out of the hands of our children. You know, I think this is you know they're spending their time on the wrong thing. You're right. Get the anime out of my kids' hands. That's what I want. That's what I demand of the continent I don't even live on. Alex, I don't I don't know where your hands have been. That's not what we talk about on this show. Um, I think that's gonna. I think that's going to do it for us. I'll see if I can pull out a question. Um, hey, Alex, where is Watch Dogs? Uh, Says the friend. That's a valid question. I don't know. In development still? Probably. Probably? It will eventually come out in some form or another? Um, They've been very quiet about that game. Michael Bach, he asks, uh, he's mostly just excited for South Park, but... You are reviewing that game, correct? That's why you're playing it? Okay. Yes. Just uh, double-checking. Um, Fetter Dave asks, did either of you play much of the first two Infamous games? Second Son comes out this month as well. I played uh, a good chunk of the first one. I did not really play the second one much at all. Um, I've actually probably played more of this new one than I have played of the second one. So, Are you looking forward to Second Son? I am, actually. Uh, what I've played of it, I liked a lot, and it looks genuinely pretty amazing. So uh, I'm definitely 
going to spend some time with that one once it comes out. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to playing it too. And that is going to do it. Bomb in the AM. Um, what are you gonna play this weekend? More well, I'm I guess more South Park. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. Fi- I'm. I'm I, I think I'm pretty close to done with South Park, so I'm gonna finish that up. Uh, I programming note there will be a new episode of the power bomb cast that goes up later today Woo! uh and uh big announcement this <gasps> month's episode is free for everyone oh you're such a nice guy it's yeah, because it's because it's, 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 it's got anime in it right oh tons of anime um more more like this is the drug dealer mentality of give you a little taste and then we'll make you pay you know exorbitant fees down the road so you know I hopefully gotcha. those who those who have not uh stop giving away our business before. model just saying if you haven't gotten to listen to the Power Bombcast before, now's your chance. And if you like it, you could be a subscriber on Giant Bomb, where lots of interesting subscriber content happens, including the Power Bombcast. Eh? That's man, you're you're a great salesman. It's you know, obviously, it's what I'm good at. Uh, yeah, I had a uh, a new episode, the first in a long time, of Spooking with Scoops uh, go up uh, yesterday. The archive is already up on the site. Uh, I'm gonna try and get back in the habit of doing more of those. That was a ton of fun. Uh, I need to get this damn Blair Witch game out of my life. I have been replaying the first Blair Witch game in a couple of episodes, and I'm really close to the end. And I just I can't I can't keep playing this game. So I need. It's to. not a good game. No, no, it is not. It's definitely not a good game. Uh, it's funny. It's interesting. It's certainly worth playing from my perspective. Uh, but it's uh, I can't I can't keep playing it. Um, I understand. I understand. So I'm gonna keep playing. I'm gonna keep uh, getting down and dirty with anime, shooting truth bullets all over my apartment uh, this weekend, and then probably also that, play. That's really gross, dude. Your <laughs> wife's gonna like have to clean that up. That's horrible. Uh, well, I'll just get. I'll, I'll get Cranky Kong to do it. Uh, all right. As I as I play, there's some more Donkey Kong. Those are the two games I'm kind of focusing on right now. Uh, I downloaded Bravely Default to my 3DS, but I've got too many games to play right now. Um, I will save Bravely Default for probably when I travel for GDC or PAX East. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it. We don't have a guest lined up for Monday. Uh, the guest I was hoping to line up uh, wasn't able to commit. Uh, we'll see if I can get someone last minute for Monday. But if not, you'll just have to deal with the both of us on Monday again. Probably talking about anime. You're gonna have it's to still de- not talking about de- South Park because I gonna, still can't. You're gonna have to deal with anime talk for like. A can I just month. quit this show then? Is that can we just find another? Like, can Brad be the replacement since he's you know the senior <laughs> anime editor at Giant Bomb? Like, can you guys just do that? Because I don't, I don't, I don't have the stomach for it. I'm sorry. Maybe. Maybe we should do the show on Tuesday. Maybe we should do the show when you could talk about South Park. I feel like that would be more useful. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk off show. We'll we'll figure that out. Okay. Maybe that'll maybe that'll make more sense. But uh, okay. All right, that's gonna do it. Uh, you have a good weekend, Alex, and I will talk to you on Monday and or Tuesday. Oh, truth bullets. <laughs>